We're continuing our series on, on pray, on the, on the verb pray. And today, as, as I said last week in the email, this is a Sunday where we are going to be praying at the end of this sermon, Annette, on um, if, you need, if you need healing. We're, we're going we're gonna to put act, words to action and believe for a time of healing in this moment right here in Jesus' name. And, you know... I, I want to, before we even get started, just re-say a line from a song that we just sang, that when he moves and when we pray, where stood a wall now stands away, where all the promises are yes and amen, okay? So that, that is the truth. That is not just a catchy melody on a song that sounds really good to sing. That is the truth of what we stand on here at Beaches Chapel, that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. When we read about in the Word, happens now, where stood a wall now stands away, when He moves and when we pray. So that's what we're believing for today in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen, please, church? All right. Listen, last Sunday was amazing. I just want to touch on it really quickly. Um, if you missed it, you can go online and watch the sermon. Uh, it was on the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And um, as the Lord began to move, miracles were happening all over the room, not just up here at the altar. We uh, had reports of people that were speaking in tongues for the very first time in their seats. And what, what I took away, though, what I took away from last week's sermon uh, as great as that is, what I guess maybe the unexpected thing, and that's why it resonated with me so much because I didn't see it coming, was the end of the service with the dancing and the electricity in the room. And I was reminded, you know, in Galatians where it says the fruits of the Spirit is love and then what? Joy. There was joy in the room because the Holy Spirit was moving and it was so much fun. When the Holy Spirit moves, there is joy in the room. And I'm excited and so expectant for that joy to come into the room again this morning. Amen? Amen. So here I am saying I'm going to go quickly and I'm just rambling on before I even get to today's message. But we're going to look at three stories this morning very quickly and then we're going to get to the praying. Um, the first one is out of Matthew chapter 8 and it starts in verse 1. And it says this. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Okay, so right off the bat, I want to explain, if you, if you don't know, the, the situation of a leper back in the day. They were social outcasts. They weren't to be around anybody. When, when you got diagnosed with leprosy, you went into a, like a leper commune, all right? And, and here's the amazing thing about it. The rejection that they received wasn't just from the people in the world. It was the rabbis within the church that were the ones that rejected them the most to the point where the rabbis would, would brag and boast about how they shunned lepers. It, it's been written and said that, that these, these rabbis, if, if there were eggs being sold on a street and they saw a leper on the street, they wouldn't even buy the groceries that were being sold. Right? And they would boast about that. They would bring lepers into the church and read them their rights as dead people. That's how they were treated. By rabbis, by the teachers of the law. And so here is this leper, this, this, this man who, is, who has been rejected and feels alone. And he sees Jesus, a rabbi, a teacher. And he says, I am going to him. Because when he sees Jesus, he sees the Holy Spirit on him and sees something different that it allows him and makes him go to Jesus. And listen to the words carefully of this leper in this moment when he's, the first words that he says to Jesus are, Lord, Lord. 
First time Jesus has been addressed this way, I should say. So he calls him Lord, and then he says, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. So it's a two-part miracle that he's addressing here to Jesus. You can heal me and make me clean. But what I love is that he says, if you are willing, not if you are able. See, with the leper, the question is never the authority. It's never the ability of Jesus. It's his will. If you want to do it, you can do it. But it's not about whether you... So even this, this leper, upon seeing Jesus, understands the authority that Jesus has in this moment right here. It's not about whether you can or can't. It's whether you choose to or not. It's whether it's your will or not. You can heal me and you can make me clean. Verse 3, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. And here's, there's these underlying moments that are really the actual important moments of these stories that we're talking about today. And what I love in this moment is Jesus doesn't say, okay, I am willing, you are healed. It says that he touched him. And then he said it. But he touched him first while he was still a leper. All right? Not after Jesus heals him. He doesn't say, I am willing, you are healed, and then lays his hand on him. He's saying, no, I'm receiving you now as you are with all the sickness on you. And I'm not afraid to touch you. I'm not rejecting you. I don't care. I love you. And so I'm going to touch you first and show you that. So here is the cleansing right here. Here is all that rejection and that pain and that suffering that comes from the inside that has, that has nothing to do with the outside disease. I am healing you inside first by putting my hand on you. And I am cleansing you of all that. And then I'm healing you. So Jesus, all, he always sees he always sees that most important thing first. And for, in, for the leper in that moment, it was for Jesus to touch him. And I wonder which one for the leper was truly the greatest miracle. I wonder in that moment what it must have felt like for him. Let's keep going in Matthew chapter 8. We're going to go in verse 5 now. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. All right, so we have this situation here where now we have a, a Roman officer, a centurion. And in, for the Jews, they rejected the, these, these Romans as well. They didn't want Gentiles coming into their home. It was, it was ungodly for, the, for these Gentiles to come into Jewish homes. And we have a Roman officer, all right, a guy who is, who is in charge. All right, this isn't just some lowly person. And he comes to Jesus, understanding full well the culture of the times. He says, my Lord, a young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. He's not coming even for himself. He's coming on behalf of his servant. Do you know that the customs back then said if you were a Roman official and you had a sick slave, you could just kill him? And it was fine. They were useless to you. It was not frowned upon. It was allowed. But rather than do that, this guy says, I'm going to go to Jesus on behalf of my servant, to heal him. What does that say about this guy? And listen to Jesus' words here again, the underlying amazingness of Jesus. Verse 7, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. 
An interesting response from Jesus. Because if you go back to Genesis and you read through the Bible, we know that God doesn't have to go anywhere for anything to happen. He speaks miracles into existence. He speaks the stars into place. He speaks the separation of land and sky and water and all those things, right? It's the power of his voice and his words that create miracles. He doesn't have to go anywhere. But seeing this Gentile come to him as a Jewish rabbi, what he is telling the the centurion, what he's telling everybody else is, I'll go into your home. I'll touch the leper. I'm going out of bounds right now. And I'm breaking all these stereotypes because I came for everyone. So check this out. I'll come home. I'll come to your home. And I love what the, what the Roman officer says in reply, verse, verse 8. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. And I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. He's talking to the Jews here. He's like, look, y'all aren't letting them in your home. You can learn from this guy. All right? And I tell you this, verse 11, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back, because you believe it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. You know, you know what I love? In this verse is when the Roman officer uh, replies, to, uh, says, and if, to my, and if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And you know what? It's like he's saying, look, sickness is a slave unto you, Jesus. So if you say go, it has to go. Sickness and disease and all the physical ailments bow to the, to, to, to the name Jesus, just like every other thing. And so if Jesus says go, As a slave to its master, it has to go. And all he has to do is speak it. When he moves and when we pray. When he moves and when we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Last story. Luke chapter 5, starting verse 18. So some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home, praising God. Okay, three stories. All with something much greater going on than physical healing. With the leper, he touched him. Right? With a Roman officer, he said, I'm going to your home. And with the man on the mat, he said, your sins are forgiven. 
Jesus always starts with what's going on inside before working on what is outside. Because what happens on the outside, no matter what, if we live the healthiest life, if we never touch cancer or ever get a cold or have a sore throat, at the end of the day, it is still going to end in death one day. But then eternity awaits us. And so as, as we focus on the things that hurt, and they are very real, y'all, the, the, the diseases that we fight, the ailments that we have, and all those things that we are going to pray for this morning, though they are very real, eternity is much more real. And Jesus says, let's, let's, let's focus on that first because that lasts a lot longer than your time here on earth. And also the, the things, the things that we have on the inside, those eternal things, we can hide. We can hide. A lot of our sicknesses we can't hide. And our physical things, they're on the outside. They're for people to see. But we can carry our soul hurts around for a really long time without anyone ever knowing. And so Jesus says, I know, I know, and I want to heal you of that. These, these three stories are also very interesting in, in the approach to them, and this is what I want to talk about for this morning. The first story, we have a leper. We have someone that's by himself, says, I need healing. And so by himself, he goes to Jesus. The second story is someone who has someone that is insanely sick at home and can't get up. So the Roman guard, the Roman officer, goes to Jesus on behalf of the sick person. And in the third story, we have someone who is sick, needs healing, and has his friends bring him to Jesus. So someone goes by themselves. Someone goes on behalf of someone else. The third one, friends go with the person. And I want to approach, I want to have those same approaches this morning. Maybe you're sitting in here and you're by yourself and you need healing. Come up by yourself. There might be someone who is at home, a loved one, who doesn't live in Jacksonville or in another state, but they are a loved one for you. Come up on behalf of them today. Or maybe you're with someone here this morning and you know that they're not well. And for them to come up is, is a big deal by themselves. Come up with them. Don't make them go by themselves. But in every situation, in every story that we read this morning, none of them, listen to me, church, none of them were convenient. None of them were in a moment where maybe no one's going to see. Or, hey, this is the perfect opportunity. Right? There's no one around or everyone's just in a really great mood. No, we're talking about a leper who had been rejected by every single person that he came in contact with and said, I'm going anyway. We're talking about a Roman officer who had been rejected by the Jews as a Gentile, who had never met Jesus and who said, I am going anyway. And about a group of men who had a paralyzed friend with them on a mat and they couldn't get in the front door. So they said, I'm going to cut a hole in the roof. It's not convenient. It's not convenient to ask for a miracle most of the time. It really doesn't get more convenient than this right now. Where we dedicate a service to healing in a church full of believers, right? And yet, still, we'll sit in our seats. Because we don't want people to know that we're sick. 
We would rather wear the mask of healthiness than admit that we need prayer for healing. And so we leave the miracle on the shelf to save what? Pride? With, with a group of, of people that we call family, where this is our home, it's not going to be convenient, y'all. But what this whole series has been, it's been a progression every single week. Let's talk about the altar. Let's talk about what the Holy Spirit does at the altar. Come to the altar. Let's, let's learn that again, right? Last week, let's remember and understand and teach on and get the power of the Holy Spirit with the fire of the Holy Spirit in us so that we can speak miracles on others. Well, now here we are right now. It's today. This is the moment where we are going to pray, verb, do, and believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that miracles do happen in these moments. That we don't just sing the songs, but we stand on them. And if you're waiting for a convenient moment, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to get much better than this. And like I say all the time, this is a church where we don't care anyway. Y'all, we just don't care. We're all saved by grace, every single one of us. No one in here earned his or her salvation. None of us earn our healing. It's because we serve a loving and gracious God who takes care of his children. So we're going to have the band come back up. This is what we're going to do. Out of James chapter 5, starting in verse 13, says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Uh, one of our elders couldn't be here today. And um, as much as I love y'all, I really don't want to get in your face and pray over what's <laughs> for healing and make you sick at the same time. Um, We're going to have some of our elders come up and um, if we could just have Valerie and Kyle over here, Robert and Cindy here, over here as well, Sal and Carmela, if y'all want to come on this side. And I've asked Donna Hennehan, who is leading our Saturday morning Holy Spirit class, uh, one of our intercessors to come up. Donna, just come on up now too. Uh, Dale and Kim as well. Um, I'm gonna... Yeah, yeah, okay, thank you. And, um, and we're gonna pray for you. But I want to say this as well. Like we read in these stories there's this greater work that God wants to do when he heals us and the word that kept coming to mind this morning and how we apply that is, was the word unforgiveness we have the altar up here that is open and I believe there's some of us that need healing from unforgiveness you need to just let that hurt go and God wants to heal your heart. He wants to heal the pain that you're walking around with, that though you can smile on the outside, there is real hurt happening on the inside. That just when you think that wound starts to close, something happens and it reopens. And you need that healing as well. This is your time as well. God wants to do that soul healing. So let's stand up this morning. And like last week, I want to encourage you, if, if, you're, if you're good, right, and you're, you're going to stay in your seat this morning, as we worship, just join 
with what's happening up here and pray from your seat for those that are coming up. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do. But join. Let's, as a church, pray this morning for supernatural, miraculous, physical healings this morning. Where, where the doctor said last week this, next week he says this. With no explanation over anything except we give the explanation that, oh, yeah, at church I was healed. Father, thank you so much for your healing power that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And what we read about in your word is true right now. And so, God, we give you the stage. We give you this time. Holy Spirit, move with the power that we know that you have. And we just claim right now healing in Jesus' name that's by the blood of the Lamb. And we say that sickness and disease, you are a slave to the name Jesus. You are a slave to the power of the Holy Spirit. Move, Father. Give those that are in here this morning boldness to get up out of their seat and come forward. For those that are watching online who couldn't make it today, God, I just speak right now healing over them, Father. In Jesus' name, that the altar would be in their living room, would be in their kitchen, wherever they're watching this right now, Father. Flood that space with your healing power. Flood that space, Father, and touch their bodies and make them whole again. But God, we believe for good reports. We believe for good reports. In Jesus' name, have your way. Thank you, Father.